love it. There's more people coming? Oh, yeah, I can see more coming. Yeah, well, we met online, so how dodgy is that? <laughs> we, we met through my sister who'd been in America. Oh, Rudgy wanted a story. I'm trying to give the short version. And um, Tiffany thought she was speaking to my sister, but I've been working in a bakery, and so my hours were, like, perfect for American timing because you'd work at night, you'd be up... No, sleep during the day, up at night. And so she thought she was talking to my sister and it ended up being me. And I think she made some compliment like, hey, beautiful. And I thought, oh, here, I'll play along with this. And I said, <laughs> um, I was like, thanks for the compliment, but this is not Megan. And then, yeah, I, I started to tell the story. Yeah. Um, yeah, next thing you know, we're, I was heading overseas. I've got to wrap this up now, Rudge. Um, yeah, see what I mean? It's terrible. It's a tragedy. It's a tragic love story. Um, Sorry? No, because she was crying. And, yeah, anyway, so I finally convinced her to come back to America, Australia for a bit, and I proposed the day before she went back. Didn't see her for six months. Um, and then we got married, like, seven months later, seven, eight months later after that. Really short, but I knew. I knew. So that was pretty cool. And it was really good, because you know how you're in that, well, those who have dated. This is uh, getting off topic here. Um, but you know how it's like, yeah, oh, maybe you don't know what it's like, but, um, you know, you're always wondering if they're for, you know, if they've got one foot in the door or one foot out, if they're going to stay with you or leave you or something like that. And, um, I just remember sitting down one night and just saying, look, babe, this is where I'm going. And if you want to go there with me, then you jump on. And I'll tell you what, that was just like the best night's sleep I'd ever had in the whole sort of dating process because I was always wondering you know am I good enough and all this stuff and I thought you know what I'm just going to lay it all out and put it in her lap and it was just awesome <laughs> but then then she had to come back and that was like the turning point is like are we gonna we knew we didn't know maybe know each other like some people had dated for years but we knew enough about each other and we knew we loved God and we knew that he could get us through anything really and um yeah then we got married and the rest is history we Got really fat in the first year of marriage, and and um. Yeah. It, well, here's the funny thing. I went off coffee for a while, um, to save money. So like back then, that's when I didn't, I wasn't in coffee, and so I was giving up coffee. So you know, like twelve, fifteen dollars a day or whatever it was, because I was a bit of an addict. Anyway, I st and and. She kept me to it, right? So she's like, all right, you, you, just, you just go with that coffee and um, we'll see how much money we can save and blah, blah, blah. And honestly, because I, I would drive to Brisbane for Bible college, I cannot tell you how many times I almost crashed driving home because I, I would literally have my head out the window just trying to stay awake. And I, I knew I couldn't have a coffee and it was just, it's kind of silly in some ways. But tell you what, I was like, man, I think I don't know how long that whole thing lasted for. Not long, because I was, I was like, I'll give up anything but coffee. Like it, it's like, it's kind of linked to my faith in some weird sort of way. I don't know. I hope there's coffee in heaven. Really, like we won't need it, but we'll be good. I mean, what else am I going to do up there? Um, anyway, let's just let's start and pray. I'm turning the timer on. Don't worry, there's plenty of beach time. Uh, Lord Jesus. Um, Thank you so much, again, what you've done for us, what you're doing now. And Lord, I just pray my words would be few and that your Holy Spirit would go out and change us in our hearts, Lord, and help us again to continue to be open with each other, to continue to talk and 
share our lives, Lord, that we might come into the light with each other and live this way. Um, because you call us into the light, Lord. You call us into your love and we can enjoy that, Lord. We're missing out on that when we, when we don't live out the love you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so it might sound a bit repetitive what I'm about to speak about. Um, we're sort of going to go back over a little bit of my journey, but I wanted to get into the um, specifics, I guess, um, about what actually happened. So the first session I kind of talked about um, sort of the up and down and everything, that little things that happened along the way. But as I look back over um, that year, I, I sort of saw these little habits forming and these, these little things that started off really, really small in the church and, um, in, and in my own life. And then by the end of that year, they were big. And um, I know I've already chatted with some of you guys about um, seeing some of that in your own life, which is really good because we can, we can share and we can realise we're not alone in that. Um, but it's, it's probably not always the things you think. It um, can be superficial, dumb, silly little things that maybe we complain about and carry with us and they just slowly build up and just become this, this heavy sort of burden. Um, so for me, I, I identified two areas, and I know there's more, but today like these were the most important that I, fe- I think that um, really affected me and might affect you. Um, again, it was just this trajectory away from this lack of love. And so busyness, as in B-U-S-Y-N-E-S-S, busyness of my business, but we'll get to that, and withdrawal. They're really the two that, like, um, that started this whole thing for me. And you might have a different list, but I just want to sort of look into those because some of them you might relate to and you might be able to see how maybe it's creeping into your life uh, in a way that you don't even expect um, and nip it in the butt and see that um, when you love people, you actually solve a lot of those. You know, it stops you from going down those paths. So that's why I had that really, really scary picture that doesn't look that, that big up there, but, you know, it looks pretty, pretty scary. You probably wouldn't want to walk down there, and yet that's what we do when we lose love and we start walking away from God. So the thing about busyness too is that we bring it up in this church all the time. There's, there's always someone on a Sunday that has the busyness prayer. People admit that. I think there's some, you know, kind of like we're just too busy guys and, you know, like there's always someone, which is great, but kind of feels like we talk about it a lot, but not a lot changes. Um, and it seems quite harmless um, in the fact that, you know, it sounds noble being busy. I'm busy doing stuff. Working is good. Um, having commitments and coming through on them, they're, they're all things that none of us here would, would disagree with actually being a good thing. You know, Solomon says, um, you know, so, so I saw there is nothing better than that a man or woman should rejoice in his work, for that is his lot. And I was thinking a lot about this. I was thinking, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a busy person. Um, but the danger is, is when, when we stop asking ourselves, why are we busy? And as a Christian, um, that's, that's pretty dangerous because when you stop asking yourself what your busyness is achieving, um, it, sort of blo- it starts blinding you to the church, it starts blinding you to your family, um, and it's just this all-consuming desire. And it's a good thing, but at the same time, it's pulling you away from things that you should be doing. Um, and for me, it was just like setting these wheels in motion and 
um, and I just sort of lost control of my life. Um, and I, you know, by the end of the year, I looked up and I went, like, how on earth did I get here? Um, so I think for any, for most of us, like the main reason we're busy, you know, is that we set out to achieve a task and, um, you know, things don't go to plan. And so the more time and the more resources, the more energy we need to achieve the task, you know, that could be our jobs, that could be things around the house, um, leisure time. Like it's this constant cycle of like when we fail, we think we need to fix it. And so we, we, we just put more and more into it. Um, and for me, I just became so fixated on achieving this this one little thing you know like for me it was a coffee business like uh coffee business you know and i got into coffee because i wanted to provide for my family i wanted to i love making coffee i love drinking the stuff obviously and i wanted to meet people i knew it was a I, i'm as much as i seem like a bit of a people person here on to you guys i'm not i always find that a little bit hard out there in the big bad world so i thought why not step into a a career where you're bumping into people, all, all types, man. We just get all types coming through that place. Um, so it teaches you a lot about the world, who's out there, you know, not in, in just your little bubble. But for any of you who've been in small business before, I can tell you about 99% of the time it doesn't go to plan. <laughs> um, so you set about to fix it, you know. You put more time in, more energy, more money, and I, and I was doing this trying to get this, the business where I wanted it. Um, and, after, you know, and after months of hard work, you know, the business started to improve. And um, you know, the bank account was going up and, and you start justifying. I started justifying to myself that all these things that had, all these things that I'd given up in church, all these things that I'd given up in my family, somehow worth it. Um, but like, that's the cost. <clears throat> I'm not getting emotional, just voice crack. <laughs> You know, um, and I even think back on that year, like even just how a church service would run for Willowburn, I would be like literally playing music and then just like running out the door, um, trying to sneak back to fill in for a shift or something like that on a Sunday. And, you know, th- there'd be Rudgy praying for Tim and Tiff, you know, oh, they do so much for the church. And, um, you know, and I, I just, I still remember feeling so awful because it's like, we were involved, and yet I knew my heart wasn't in it, and yet here I am going off and doing this thing, and it was almost like people felt sorry for us, but, um, well, for me, you know. So it upset the flow of church, and, you know, then because I was working most days or getting up early, finishing late, I just had no energy, so people were wanting to catch up, and there's just no way that I was, had the energy to do it. I mean, even, even recently, guys have wanted me to get up to go, you know, get up early and pray, and I've just talked myself out of it, you know. And see, that's a bad habit that I still haven't... I've got to look at that and go, you know, I need to set the alarm and I need to get up <laughs> um, if I love my brothers. So the, this busyness for me was just so consuming um, that there was all these things that were building up, this weight of things that... Busyness has this way of... Because it's just this constant, you're, you're in this constant state of trying to provide, trying to fix. I don't know if there's other guys that can relate to that, other, um, uh, other people. Um, but you're in this constant state, and so little things start cropping up. Maybe it's how you're loving your wife. Maybe it's time you're spending with your kids, and um, they just become smaller and smaller, and you don't react the way you should. You don't act in the way that God is... Like, he's trying to bring these things up, but because you're busy, you're always on the go, you know? And I was talking to Tiff about this the other day, and I just said, look... Um, I think part of the reason things didn't hit the fan earlier for us or things didn't get worse 
in our marriage, in our family, is because the business just, it didn't stop me. Um, it didn't allow me to stop and look at where my life was. Does that make sense? Like, um, I was just constantly putting in, putting in, putting in, that like I was in this state of like, got to fix this, got to fix this. So your mind is just constantly in on all these other things. And so there's all these other little bad habits that are building up. But because I'm constantly in this state of trying to fix, fix my life, um, I wasn't dealing with them. So it was, like, it was kind of like building up, building up underneath that. And I wasn't questioning this busyness because, again, it, it, I felt noble. I was providing for my family. So when I, was thinking, when I did have these convictions, I was so sure of myself that I just never questioned it. And it, that was a really big mistake. It was easy to do it at church. It was easy to sell the busyness at church. Um, but being busy in the home was you know, a, a really different matter. Tiff and, Tiff and the kids would know when I was busy and when I wasn't. Um, but, I mean, I even got to the point last year where, you know, we'd, we'd have an argument and I would, Tiff and myself, and um, I would take off in the car and go to the roastery and just roast coffee for like two hours, like, because I, I just didn't want to deal with stuff, so work was how I was kind of covering that up, like, so, so pathetic. Um, but it's just, I, I don't know how it sort of got to that point, like, to be honest, like, it was... Um, it was scary, and like I said, it turned. It started off small, and it got into this bigger thing. Um, but you know, after living the best part of a year this way, um, my busyness in pursuit of a noble cause had effectively disconnected me from church and family. And and I now know that there's no career, no job that is worth losing your church and family over. And then, and as as much as I'm sort of paying out busyness this morning, I think really what God showed me um, in Matthew 6, like Jesus really showed me that at its core, I'd become a guy who I wasn't just too busy, but I'd lost sight of Jesus as my provider. Um, my devotion to provide for my family had become such an obsession. Like I'd forgotten about my true provider and the one who loves my family far more than me. And so I just want to read from Matthew 6. If you've got a Bible, open it up. This is, um, this is in the Sermon on the Mount. But you might think that Jesus is talking about anxiety here. But when I read this, it just really cut to the heart for me of being a, a husband, being a dad, being a churchman. And how this idea of providing for our family and how it can, it really just blew out of proportion to the point where I'd forgotten that. Who really provides for us? Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? 
For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day, sorry, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So whether it be our jobs, our family, our careers, our everyday chores at home, like whatever it is that keeps us busy as Christians, God says, seek first his kingdom. Which in many ways is another way of saying, seek opportunities to love. Bring up your schedule for the day and ask the Lord to turn your busyness into a searching for the kingdom. You know, another, another reason I knew last year that something was wrong was when uh, I think it was, it was during one of Adrian's sermons. Um, and for those of you who don't know Parky very well, he's, he's the type of guy that can pull out a sermon illustration out of watching paint dry. So, and I just remember sitting there in church. Sorry? Yeah, you can keep that one. And I just remember sitting in church being bugged by it. And, um, <laughs> and it wasn't this whole, oh, Adrian... I just, I just don't like Adrian as a guy or, you know, what that... It was the fact that I could see that there was a brother of mine who was taking this seriously. He was really seeking the kingdom and everything to the point where, you know, the guy you know, he goes on jogs and he'll pretty much write his sermon while he's out there, um, you know, doing his afternoon jog or whatever because God's speaking with him and he's looking for stuff. And I just want to honour you, mate, because I know you get a bit of flack for that. But um, I want to be like you. Like, I, I want to have eyes like that too not just think of seeking God's kingdom now, but like in everything, um, when we're eating food, when we, you know, whatever it may be. And I just think um, you're such a blessing to this church for that very reason. And so keep it up. Um, but anyway, yeah, so back then it was really annoying me. And, and that's because I could, I could tell that there was this realness there. And it's funny how like real Christians and people that are being real with seeking God's kingdom, like they kind of bug you when you're, <laughs> when you're in a bad place. And you know it because it's like, I should be like that. And um, so to me, you know, living out that kingdom lifestyle is just, um, when you see it, it's, it's something, something really cool about it and it draws you into this, like, this reality of God that's bigger than we think, you know. Um, and that's why I think Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. It's, it's like out there. It's not this, you know, it's not this temple that we go to. It's, um, it's in nature. It's in our workplaces, our homes, our conversations, um, you know. But the, the trick there is to, is to seek it, you know, not just wait for it to hit you but actually actually look for it and I think that's what I'd missed um, and what's amazing is Jesus says like if you get this right if you get this perspective right on on your busyness on providing for your family if you seek first his kingdom and that then all this other stuff takes care of itself and and I think the opposite is true that when you when you don't seek God's kingdom um when you, don't, you know, when you don't seek first Jesus and what he has for you in the day, then all this other little stuff that God takes care of, it just becomes this mountain of stuff that you just you can't deal with. Um, so I want you to just consider that this weekend as, as we leave too, just like um, our busyness, like what is it achieving? Like that's just such an important question to ask. Like some of us have steady jobs, some of us don't. Um, we're busy people, we're a busy church, but have a look at what that is achieving and um, maybe God might 
want you to change some things, your attitudes, I don't know what it is, but asking that question is just really important because I stopped asking myself that and um, that was a mistake, even though I was doing good stuff. So the second thing I want to pick up is um, this idea of withdrawal, which we've already had some withdrawals this weekend, which is pretty sad, um, by brothers and sisters that can't be here. But for me, busyness wasn't alone in turning my heart away from love for God and his people. Um, it kind of teamed up with withdrawal. Um, again, I can't remember when this happened, but as I spent less time with God and his people, it became easier to not want to be with them. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's felt like that. Um, it's scary. Um, and I, I still remember after a while, like, actually almost feeling happy about it, if I'm honest. Um, it was almost this relief on my, in my heart that I, I just didn't have to be around those Willoughbyans. Um, I knew it was wrong and I knew it was dangerous. Like it was, it was all there up here, but you, you just get into such a habit. Um, you know, and I could feel it. I, I just remember driving to church every Sunday, this weight in my heart. And as soon as the service would finish, I'd just make a runner for the car. Like I talked about this earlier and just long to be home, to be alone. And, um, I just encourage you, like, if that's going on for you now, like, if you just feel like you're just in this state of, like, I've got to get away from the church, or I've got to go fix it up over here, like, that's fine. You need to have your time with God, but um, don't let that take over your life where you just start withdrawing from stuff because God just seems to me anyway to think that we can fix a lot of this stuff together. And I know it's hard, but I just want to encourage you, like, if you're feeling that way, like, you feel like you want to withdraw, withdraw from stuff at church, um, not just on a Sunday, but just how we hang out with each other. Maybe there's people you're having a hard time getting along with. Like, that's not from God. Like, if you're feeling pulled away to not love people, you have to recognise that. And we need to recognise that as a church, that that's, that's not the love of the Father. You know, that's it's our own sinfulness wanting us to focus on ourselves. And so withdrawal made it easy for me to not live with what I know I should, which is to love as I have been loved. And you can't love who you don't know. And you can't be active with love if you aren't in each other's lives. And for me, the less I knew about people, the easier it was to not feel bad about committing or responding to them. So I sometimes wonder if that goes on when we don't answer maybe text messages or we don't get back to each other. Like, is it so this worry of that if we, if we get more knowledge about each other, we'll have to care? Does anyone feel like that? I just I really felt that weight to to really give up on people and you know life Lord life would be so much easier if it was just me. <laughs> oh, I remember listening to worship songs with my headphones on and and you know my life's a mess and somehow I had this whacked out pride that stuff with God was great like and it started with being too busy and then not being a part of the church. And then before long, you know, I wasn't even fighting the conviction I had at first. I was, I was feeling good about my treatment in the church and it's just so wicked. Um, we cannot claim to love God and not love his church. And I just, yeah, I just want to speak to anyone now who might be, you know, feeling like they're stepping down that path. It, you might have these little things in your life that you might think that I'm just going way over the top right now, but I, I want you to know that they can, these little things can turn into big things if we don't get our love right. And 
the thing that decides how really how healthy you are as a Christian, I think, is the love that you have for his people. I think we can claim to love God and we can do all these great things um, and sing about it and talk about it, but how we show that out is just, is just so critical. And I think the more we do that, the more it keeps you from all these, from being too busy. And even when you are busy, you're thinking about the church in a healthy way. You're thinking about how you can serve and, and you're not withdrawing. You're actually thinking about how you can be more active in the church. And so, like, towards the end of 2017, um, I remember having a real heart-to-heart with Parky. And he said, which is really weird, he said, I really don't know how to approach you. Which was really weird, because he's, like, huge and I'm, like, tiny. <laughs> but I don't think he meant he didn't care for me. It was just when we have conflict in the church, it's never easy. No one enjoys challenging someone to their face. Um, but I really wish it had happened. Like, I really... Yeah, I really wish someone had really put me in my place. And, and maybe they did, and maybe I was just that blind that it just, didn't, um, it just didn't happen. But I was just so good at sugarcoating the situation, and maybe, you know, people didn't try, and I was too blind. But um, I really want to, even in this next season at Willowburn, like if I sniff any of that, I'm coming after you. Because I just don't want you to go down that way, and I think we need to be aware of that. You know what I mean? Like we've, we've had, what, three or four people pull out from this weekend? I mean, how many of us have texted those guys, given them a call, said, we miss you guys, why aren't you here? You know, there's probably, what, a handful of us? Um, and I don't really care what their reasons are. They might be dodgy, they might be pathetic even, but do they feel loved? Because, you know, that's what's going to get them back here. That's, that's what's going to make them look back on their choice and go, really, am I going to treat my brothers who love me like that? So, so what I want us to do is uh, look at Hebrews 10 really, really quick. Well, you actually don't have to look. It's just two verses. If, if we finished the first session looking at about maybe our lack of love and where our, love, our lack of love for God is, like I want to finish this session um, thinking about how we can build each other up. Hebrews 10 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I just think God is just so smart, you know. This whole getting together as a church thing, it's not religious. It's like it's not a religious scheduled meeting. It's who we are. It's, It's how we survive, and it's how we last as a church. It's there to help us grow, but it's also there to protect us from becoming something God didn't intend. So I just want you to look again at that picture on the screen and think about what steps you are taking in this church. If you continue down that type of path, where you'll end up. Think about the love for God and his people. Um, so in a moment, yeah, I, wanna, I want us to, again, break up into groups and I want us to consider how we can stir up one another to love and good works. And the temptation here is to go, oh, let's just love each other which is great. But I, I, want, I want actual like arms and leg, uh, hands and feet type ideas, you know, not, not the general stuff. Um, I just think w- this church is so gifted in so many ways. We have so many different interests and sometimes we don't think we can tap into them as a church to love each other, experience just life together. Um, 
So I want us to be creative. Like, if anything I've learned out of coming out of this is that we think too small in terms of a church. Like, we think we've got to have a Bible study together. We think um, we need to have just a prayer time together. That somehow this life stuff that we do is, is not as important as this type of stuff. Um, and I'm not saying we're doing that as a church. I don't think we're, we're saying just do this. But I'm wanting to just expand our mind to things. I, I, I came up with a, bit of, um, uh, with a bit of a list here. So here's a bit of a challenge. Now, often, say, at Willowburn, this is based off loving each other. So I could be wrong. So feel free to, like, smash me at the beach or something later. Um, you know, sometimes when we ask to pray at Willowburn, there's just, like, this awkward dead silence. Like, not for five minutes, but it feels like for five minutes. And then you look up and there's, like, a few people looking around the room waiting for somebody to... You know, somebody to say it. And then, you know, if it gets to 10 minutes, that's when Adrian says, I'll pray. (laughs) And then, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But my thing is, if we love each other, like, why is there not four or five people going, yep, I'm going to do it. All right, you're going to pray and I'm going to pray after you. You know what I mean? Like, I just think we think so small in terms of that type of stuff. So what if that started happening? What if somebody asked for prayer when we do that in our services and then we just prayed? What's stopping us from doing that? Like... Um, obviously the service would go for longer. Maybe our sermons have got to get shorter. I don't know. So who, who knows the Alan text message that comes out every Wednesday? Yeah, for those of you who don't know, there's a guy at our church who meets up with a bunch of um, guys who are going through uh, drug rehabilitation, and he does a Bible study with them. He's uh, this elderly gentleman in our church. He's not here. And every Wednesday he texts out, telling us he's there, that he needs us to pray for him. And... Um, and I was just thinking about that, and I said, I was thinking, what if Willowburn, like we had either a day of the week that everyone checked in via text message? You thought of something that you need help for, because we all need something that God needs to help us with, and something cool that God had done. And this is like in the two days after the, after the say, Sunday service. Um, just imagine that. Like, we, it's almost like we're checking in, but we're keeping each other accountable to what we need and also what... Um, what God's done like you know this, we don't need to wait till Sunday for this prayer and share session for stuff like that to come out you know I don't reckon Adrian could probably keep up with that and maybe you'd need a secretary and maybe maybe it's not just Adrian that needs to do it you know maybe that, do you get what I'm getting at um, again I talked before about you know people that aren't there at church on a Sunday like we go oh Lord pray for those who couldn't make it today but are we following these people up? Like, do they feel loved? You know, as I was sitting in that small circle earlier, like there was things coming out there. It was like, I just don't feel loved in this church. Like that, that was one of the comments. And um, like, that's upsetting to me. You know, it's like, that's the stuff that we need to bring out. And that's what we've got to, got, got to work on is making people feel loved. And maybe we do that if, you know, maybe, the, yeah, they didn't come to church because they slept in or something, but you're bringing them up, you're following them up. And that's not a leadership thing. That's not on these guys. That's on all of us. Like, there's no reason we can't be doing that. Um, If you're, I don't know if you're into dieting. Here's another, I'm going a bit crazy with the thing now. Maybe not dieting, but just eating better, eating healthier. Um, Who's to say we can't have a cooking night at the Martins where Sally takes us through paleo cooking and I can do keto cooking or something something like that people that want to get into that stuff you know what I mean like why can't we do that like we talk about it all the time at church but I'd love that 
man, I'm there. I mean, you get to eat food, but you're also learning about things, each other's interests, and you might pick up a cooking skill. I don't know. Like, that's it's really kind of out there suggestion. But um, And I think for a lot of us, we've got young families, you know, so we hit, a lot of us, we hit that sort of 7.30, 7, 7.30 during the week type of thing. I mean, I'm assuming all of us work, and so it's, it's, it is definitely hard, but we've all got to sit down and eat. Everyone agree with that? We're here. Amen to that. Um, so there's no reason we have to have like a Bible study. You don't need to feel like you have to sit down and have a Bible study while you eat. But what if we had a meal together and then off we go and the kids are still, you know, rather than, hey, guys, we're, we're starting this. Oh, I can't come because we put our kids down at this time. You know, it's like, I don't know about you, but we've got young kids and, and um, we just use that excuse for just too long. You know, why can't we do something like that? Um, anyway, my point is that there's a hundred different ways we could be hanging out and loving each other, and some of us are already doing that. Um, I just think we haven't scratched the surface yet, and I definitely don't want to downplay what we're already doing um, with the KYB and the prayer mornings and the, um, what's the thing we call street teams? But I just think we can colour our calendar more at Willowburn, and um, I just love to see that dynamic become more natural in the church. You don't have to be... You don't have to be on the leadership team to come up with an idea for this type of stuff. Um, you know, we really, uh, our music team started meeting together on a Wednesday and I'm just, as I look back on last year, I'm so ashamed that it's taken the music team getting together for me to get to know Steve and Ruth. Like, I just, I just still remember on the first night just going, this is pitiful, you know what I mean? Like, the music team has brought this together. It's like, what is stopping us from getting to know each other? Anyway. All that said, it's just been awesome. You know what I mean? They come over. Tiff has the house looking immaculate. Samuel just absolutely destroys it with the other kids' help. Um, but mainly it's been the fart gun, so that's been kind of cool. You know what? And, like, there's plates and there's dishes everywhere. And then we talk about life and we sit down and play some music together afterwards. And then the girls go to KYB and, um, you know, Tiff's just come from soccer with the kids. It's just this chaotic mess. And, you know, I just... It's almost like we invited these guys in and their lives are just as busy as ours. And um, God just seems to bless it. I just, I, I've just been having the time of my life, you know what I mean? And I just think there's, it's only upwards from here. But what's funny is that, and I'll finish with this, 30 minutes, I'm doing good. Um, you know, I feel, I feel every week, because normally it's me at home because Tiff's at soccer, I'm cooking the meal, not always, but a lot of times I am. And I really feel the devil like, tap on my shoulder and just ask me if it's worth it. You know, and it's funny how when you step out and you actually start one of loving your church, that it's not necessarily, um, for me it's, again, it's more these silly things that go around in my head and I really feel like the devil asks me every week. It's normally when someone's calling me from work and I've just washed my hands so I can't actually get to my phone and then the soup's about to boil over and um, it's just this mess and he's just almost like, is this worth it? Is it really worth it? Like all this trouble, you could, you could just tell the guys to practice at home. There's to be, it, this would be so much easier, Tim. Like um, why, why are you going to all this trouble? Look how messy it is. You know, like it's all, all this type of stuff, all these excuses. And I just, and um, I, I honestly remember having this conversation with him and I said, you know, Lord, I, I, sorry, I didn't say Lord. I said the devil. I said, mate, I love these guys. And I love them because I am loved by Jesus. And, and all of a sudden it was like, I was looking at the food and I was looking at the table and, and God just opened your eyes to this reality of like, this is what it's about, you know. 
loving each other. And yeah, there's going to be silly temptations that come along the way and um, the devil's going to try and pull us down as a church. But if we, if we stay together and we stay true to him, and he just, again, it, um, he just gives us more love. So I just want us to really, really quickly, I only want this to go for, say, 10 minutes tops, but I'd love us to sit in groups, um, maybe similar to what we did earlier, and I just want you to come up with some ideas. Again, hands and legs, and I just want to take a list of them, and I want to put them up on Facebook. So when we look back on this camp, we can think about what we were going to do with our love for each other, what it's going to look like.